Yeah. Okay. And then we're just going to wrap the app. No yeah. NBA talk. No. We, John's sure? going to be back. John's going to be back. Okay. So I'll talk, yeah. I'll talk NBA there'll, again. There'll be more NBA news. He's by spending the night. Yeah. That's true. He's yeah. Spend another night. Yeah. Another slumber party. <laughs> pursuing <laughs> pajama parties. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with our host DJ Mandolini hey. and Randall Nolery. Howdy, howdy. And just waking up, we're just waking up from the slumber party <laughs> and uh, John Hines is back with us uh, this morning. <laughs> How'd you so like your breakfast, <laughs> Oh, good. I had a lot of eggs. A lot of hard-boiled eggs. Hard-boiled Beautiful. eggs are good, let me tell you. <laughs> as long as they're deviled, as long as they're deviled. <laughs> But uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're here to record another episode. Uh, we figured we'd bring John along because he's uh, been playing some uh, some newer games, which is something that we are not always on top of. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's been playing. Uh, I guess it's a, probably a month or so old at this point, but uh, the newer Fire Emblem release. And we'll we'll get that uh, get to that in a little bit. And uh, I guess we've just been talking about a ton of strategy games, which is uh, definitely not the uh, the bent that we uh Initially, had planned for this oh, podcast, usually. but that just seems to be the way that uh, things are going. Yeah, and uh, DJ and I are—I guess we'll just roll right into it. We got another one that we've been playing this week, um, although strategy is a relatively light label to slap on this. I would say, um, in in a, in some capacities. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But the game's called uh, Kingdom, and particularly we're playing uh, Kingdom New Lands. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the original game was called Kingdom. They came out with like sort of like an expansion pack sequel-ish thing of sorts, which is Kingdom New Lands. And then now there's Kingdom Two Crowns, which is like a new setting. And then also, I believe, like a uh, two-player co-op um, on this version as well. But we're playing the Kingdom New Lands, which is just kind of the original experience fully fleshed out. And it's essentially, it's a 2D side-scrolling base building, tower defense strategy ish game but uh but one of the things that really sets this game apart like other than the uh like the menu of like when you pause the game you know for like continue save this or that there is like no text in this game at all uh none of any kind um so like when you then (laughs) (laughs) skip those cutscenes because we don't have any um no there actually is like a really great like opening segment and this is another uh, you know, it has some roguelike elements to it where you're like kind of starting out each each kingdom. You know, you're starting from scratch and you you kind of start on like an I don't know if they're islands, but you can I'd you definitely kind of go yeah. off to like a dock at least on one end. At least not, I've only made it to the first two levels of sorts. I think you made it through three or so I made it to the third. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't beat it, though. Oh, um, <laughs> but it's like uh, it's got that like, you know, those kind of taller, not super. It, it's reminiscent of, but it does it a little more. It doesn't look like generic, like those, you know, those tall, like kind of lanky pixel art. It looks characters. like another world, kind of. A little bit, but it, but okay. it's done in like a unique enough style. Like to me, this game really, even though it is like, I mean, it, it has a generic style, but it's done with so much care and so much like craft. To me, at least, like everything is just very well detailed. Very, it's like not detailed where it shouldn't be. It's extra detailed where it should be. 
Um, the music I really, really love, like DJ mentioned, it's, it does veer a little more in the vein of just being atmospheric a lot of times, but then like all of a sudden, like a drum beat kind of comes in out of nowhere and like a song just kind of picks up out of nowhere. And like, you'll go like two days at a time with like, just kind of more like sound effects and atmospheric stuff going on, like two in-game daytimes, you know, but, uh, yeah, like the music will just start kicking in and like really sets a tone. This is like a game that I intended on starting up is like cool i'll get the get the feel of what's going on in this game and this will be like a good podcast game to like put something on or listen to some music or do something else while i'm playing this game and i'll find that like i'll start a podcast i'll start playing the game and the podcast will end and i will just keep playing for like hours on end without booting up another podcast you know i just am sucked into the world of this game um purely based on the atmosphere but that's awesome the game the gameplay also is uh has a pretty interesting loop uh I don't know. I do. I wonder how much of like this discovery, like we mentioned, there's like no text. So like you're walking by a little barrier. Um, you see, so you'll just see like a little mound on the ground and there'll be like a little you're collecting these gold coins that you find either in treasure chests or uh, well, we'll get <laughs> I guess we'll get into the we'll different get, ways you collect we'll coins there. in a sec. But you spend these coins to like you're essentially you're at least for me, I'm working on like building my you start out. There's like a little campfire. You spend a few coins. You build that up. Uh, and then that becomes like a little fort or a little like base or something. And then you can build up walls on. And again, this is strictly side scrolling, like no jumping, no anything. You're just walking left or right or running. Um, and you have a limited amount of stamina when you're running. Um, and yeah, you're just kind of like, at least for me, like I said, I'm just building the base from the inside out. And like, you got to basically build up your walls on the left and right. You can build archer towers and then you can kind of like venture out further either to your left or your right and find these little camps and recruit people to kind of bring them into your little settlement and then, you know, either have them be archers or builders or a couple different classes. But I've been I've been gabbing on for a second here, but why don't you get in for a sec, DJ? Uh, geez, I don't know where to jump. <laughs> well, but, like how, uh, like you said, you got a little further well, than me, so. Well, I I'd say so. The goal of each island or whatever is there's going to be like a wrecked ship you'll find, and you need to spend a certain amount of gold to repair it, and it's it'll take a lot of gold and therefore like a lot of time um to you know get it up sailing again, and then you can leave the island go to the next one. Okay. Um, but. The thing is, every night, um, there's a chance that these portals on either side of the level will open up and monsters will come and attack your base. So there is like a army building kind of yeah defense aspect to it. Um, but I, I, I view this more so as like mainly a resource management game yeah like i'm always just very particular about where i'm spending my gold i think i go about the levels a bit differently than you um you know if you you know invest in an archer tower you know you put one of your archers up there and he'll never get attacked by any enemies that come by so he can just keep shooting but the thing is you can't uh you can't have him ever move on to another location like he is fixed in that location forever yeah it's worth it's worth saying that like so you're Uh, controlling either a king or a queen riding a horse and you're running left or right but you have no direct control over any character any you can't select a unit do anything like that like you're just like 
you recruit these people, they come to your town and you can either like spend your coins on like crafting bows or crafting hammers. And then they will either pick up the bow or the hammer and become, you know, an archer or a builder. And or if, you can get like a scythe a, later on. Yeah, if, if they're a builder, you can, you know, tell them to like chop down trees or whatever. But they'll do it like automatically. Like I had a couple times where like I, exactly. I went to, I, you know, signaled these trees to get chopped down in the middle of the night. Turns to and night, they just yeah. go start running out there. And then next thing you know, they're getting mowed down. Oh, and God. I'm, I'm at, you know, so it, it, there is some timing involved that I'm, I'm just now starting to kind of get the hang of, I would yeah. say. Because I was just kind of like, oh, well, I'll just set this up and the AI will know. Okay, don't do this till the morning. You know, I just assumed that that was kind of programmed into what the, you know, my minions would be doing. <laughs> He's like, you're but, the king. Uh, I'm going to do what you say. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the cool things, too, like one of the things that adds a small amount of tension to this game, or I shouldn't say it adds a nice amount of tension, but it just doesn't happen very often. But like, so like you're as the king or queen, you're wearing a crown. And if you take hits, much like in Sonic, <laughs> you're going to lose some of your coins when you take a hit as the king. Like if these enemies catch up to you. And again, like we mentioned, you have like a limited amount of running and then you run out of stamina and you have to walk. So if they catch up to you and you take hits, uh, if you're out of coins, you will the crown will go flying off of your head. <sighs> and if the and if the uh, enemies are able to scoop up the crown before you do, you do have a small window of opportunity like it goes into slow motion for a quick second, you can, if you can get to the crown before they get there, um, you no can, harm, no foul. Yeah, you can still keep going. But I've had a couple times where like I kept like just chasing, just barely staying ahead of them, just enough to get back, and vice versa. I had times where I definitely, you know, lost the run. Jeez. But uh, but it definitely adds like a nice for like a game that again has this kind of atmospheric chill kind of vibe, even though it does get pretty tough. Um, it's nice to have that like tension rise up every once in a while you're oh, just like oh the, shit is that the main way you lose a run then that's the only way to lose yeah. A run. okay yeah yeah so there's no other way to lose a run which is a, one thing that i would say is maybe a little bit of a gripe or not a gripe but but there you just kind of have to realize almost like we, when we talked about bad north we kind of brought this up a little bit too like uh or at least maybe briefly touched on it but like you kind of have to just know like this run's done and yeah. just quit out of it and not because it, it really will take a long time to get through the process of like losing the mm, run. Yeah. If that makes sense. And yep. you just kind of have to know like, OK, I don't have enough coins and resources to go like recruit enough people back. Like I'm too short handed here. I need to just cut my losses and start a new game, right. um, which is frustrating when you're still figuring out what the game is all about, um, especially when this game is like that's half of what the game is all about is figuring out what's going on because you're you know when you first see a mound on the ground you don't know that that's going to be a wall when you spend a coin on it you know you just go okay it's telling me to i can spend something on this so i might as well check it out oh boy so so there's yeah there's no it's all like you know everything i know about this game is just what i've internalized from playing it you know i have not read anything about it nothing so it's I will say that I wonder that if like playing like, for example, Kingdom Two Crowns, if I were to go and play this sequel, other than the co-op aspects that they're adding to it, what's going to be different about this game? Yeah. And I'm wondering if they're going in with any expectation that you've played the original, you know, yeah. um, but maybe, yeah, maybe we're just idiots. Yeah, know? I don't know. <laughs> just can't it's, figure anything out. I, yeah, I, I do wonder, though, that like for like, you know, something like Into the Breach, like we talked about last week, like that's something that. Even gives you a lot I, of information. Well, it gives you a lot of information, but like, even if I were to beat it, 
I still could see myself continuing to play it because it's just a satisfying, like it just feels good to outsmart the AI in that game. Right. Where this is like, you're, it's more like you're just kind of poking and prodding like what works and what doesn't work. And it's, it, even though like you and I clearly have like slightly different strategies, it's still, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, well, you also won't get like a, a strategy that works all the time because you you might get some sort of layout of the island that just doesn't you know work well with that like you know sometimes you know you don't have the ability to do farming until like you expand way further than your starting point and that can really hamper your economy as you're trying to expand and i don't know it's there there is a decent amount of randomness i feel to it yeah or at least like I, I can't plan for this. Yeah, you, you definitely can't roguelike to some degree. Yeah, and it, and it definitely and there's no from to the best of my knowledge again. There's no sense of progression of any kind. Like overall, you're not like each run collecting some kind of thing that you can then spend. I'm like, okay, next run I'm gonna have this new buff, or it's like this is just what the game is, and that's it. Yeah, I I think the one thing I've I think that you know quote unquote carries over is. You, if you leave one island, I think you take whatever golds you had with you straight to the next island. So really, you're best off your first run on an island. And if you lose that, then you're doing a run with nothing to start out with. And it's even harder. It's just like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I definitely see myself like this is definitely just like a nice game to cozy up with at the end of the night. Oh, I'm hooked. Yeah. Like uh, I'm yeah, like playing like three to four hours at a time. And yeah, me too. Nice. And 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 I would say another another thing worth noting, too, is like the accessibility of the controls in this game. Um, you can use the left joystick. You can use the right joystick. And there's only two buttons. You have either your uh, you have the button for running and you have the button for either spending coins or, or dropping them to, like, recruit uh, the different, like, townspeople or whatever. Um, so you can literally use, like, any combination of, like, you can use the right stick and then uh, the right button and ZR. Or you can use LR and Z or uh, just any combination. Damn. Like, I was using, I was, like, so, like I was just kind of laying on the couch. I was using the right joystick to move. And then I was using like the left trigger to run, but hitting the A button to action. And it's just like it, I, it was just like I was just slothing on the couch just so <laughs> around the chair. Like one Joy-Con in one hand to play. Oh, this yeah, game? for sure. That's yeah. sweet. Without question. Yeah, either and either Joy-Con. It could be the left Joy-Con that does not have. Well, I guess it, they all have the face buttons, I guess. But yeah, I was going to say it doesn't have like the A, B, X, Y, but um but yeah i mean you can use you could play it with just the joystick and the shoulder buttons so you could not even use i guess you would need a thumb for the joystick but you know you don't need it for the the face buttons right that's sweet yeah yeah so definitely worth i I found myself like i don't know it it kept me playing longer because i wasn't like cramping up and like holding a controller in a certain way i was just able to like i'm getting kind of sad i would just i found myself just fluctuating to different control setups as i played just because yeah and it it's really hard for me to pull myself away from it like i i was playing it a lot before you know coming over to record this i was just like okay i'll 
you know, I'll, I'll leave once this day ends and then, oh no, I got to like upgrade this <laughs> tower over here. And yeah. And the day cycle is really fast, you know? So like, like when you say like, oh, I'm just going to do this one thing that day. And the, like the day comes and goes that fast. And you're like, ah, oh, well I can do more. It just like keeps you sucked in. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the pacing? Because, you know, some things frustrate me, like, you know, your, your lack of stamina or, you know, the, yeah. how slowly the, the, the campers will walk to get to your base like it really feels like there's just a really specific window you have to go in and you you just can't do that much in yeah a day. you like you got to get in the rhythm of the day flow of the game because yeah it's just it, like i know what needs to happen just like let me get there yeah or even like the, you mentioned how slow the townsfolk walk or whatever yeah. uh, the like you give them money and they're walking back but it's like by the time night falls like they're just gonna get murdered by these monsters <laughs> before they even get back to town you know it's like i just wasted coins on those guys mm -hmm. um, oh you don't get the coins back in that case uh no you do get them back in some cases like when you when you have the builders chop down the trees you get the coins back yeah um for that and i think you i'm not we weren't sure about this but you have to chop down the trees not only to clear the area but you might also need to use it because you like once you activate that you're rebuilding the boat you have to keep like spending two gold on it again and again and again and it always like drops a piece of wood as you spend that two coins okay so i just like assume that that was like the wood that you're collecting Maybe, but there's, again, there's no UI. It's like, it, there's nowhere saying like a little logo of wood with like times 40, you know, you just right. said, which no makes idea me how think many you have of anything. Yeah. Which, right. because they never show you any sort of wood, like as a, a resource in your inventory. I, I don't think that's the case, but hey, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. So. Maybe if you didn't have enough wood, maybe like the icon maybe for if you spending would money. Maybe it wouldn't have enough uh, room to, like, spend the money, you know, like it wouldn't show you that you can spend those coins, but I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I don't feel like it ever refused me that option, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, but either way, I don't presume to understand <laughs> that, well, that's, what's yeah. going on. I mean, that's sort of the point of this game, right, is like that you're kind of are, you are exploring what is going to happen when you do stuff, because it is like the second island, at least, or the second level has a whole different like layout of stuff like or not layout of stuff but you can like upgrade your walls like one tier higher than you could before and i don't know if it did the same in the third level or if it threw some new wrenches into the chain but there's more stuff in the third level okay and i i have interacted with it and i still don't understand it but <laughs> yeah I'm, i mean there's like these shrines on the first two islands at least that like they look like there's some kind of archer shrine but I don't know if like I spend money on it and I, maybe it makes them more powerful. I, I don't really know. But yeah, but I, I've noticed like the like the the trail of the arrows looks a little different. I haven't ever seen them in action because there are sometimes that shrine is so far off yeah. like, from your your base. So like, yeah, I've never seen anyone like really shooting after that. Well, I've had that take active. a look sometime. <laughs> so but yeah, if you're if you're into strategy games and, and again, like if you're into just kind of like moody games, I would say like. If you're if this is like even something that even remotely scratches your interest, because I, I would say it is it, there's a lot of strategy involved, but I would say there's I, I don't know. I, I think you could get into it even if you weren't into strategy games per se. Interesting. Uh, you got to be willing to get into like an obtuse game. You know, it's like there's not it's not going to tell you anything. So, I mean, you got to be willing to go in knowing that, I guess. Yeah. But. Well, and you know, because 
because of the pacing, like if a failed run will, that can cost you a lot of time, like a couple hours you won't get back. So yeah, but uh, but most of these games are like that, like Bad North or yeah, it's Into true. the Breach or most of these games. Like if you make a mistake, it's like you know that's an hour and a half, two hours of time that down the drain. <laughs> so, but. I didn't really have any more to add to that, but I want to play when I get home. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to play let's this just, evening. Let's as make well. this a quick up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I we're gonna we're, try to we're make done a talking about it. We are and done. Let's turn it over to John. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I've been I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, the latest installment in the Fire Emblem series, keeping and us relevant as always, John. The first installment on the uh, on a home console as yeah. opposed to a uh, handheld. Not for, ever, right? No, no, but for, okay. for, since uh, the Wii. Oh yeah, uh, that's true. The title, one, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I Which forgot about that too. Yeah. To the GameCube title. Um, so yeah, the it's been the first one since uh, Echoes, I believe, was the last installment in the Fire Emblem series. Yes. Uh, for the 3DS, and it is a continuation on the Awakening model, which is a very uh, relationship-heavy uh, model that they introduced, I believe, in the uh game boy advance titles and uh where there was a lot of if your units were interacting a lot in a close proximity in the actual battles that you were fighting that they would gain uh relationship statuses and that would progress and they would become stronger through uh the amount of times that they would fight near each other oh yeah um and then that was expanded heavily in awakening which was kind of the uh, I believe at, when they first came out with Awakening, it was going to be the last Fire Emblem game yeah. that they were going, they were planning on releasing. Really? Because it was a kind of a struggling series at that point. And uh, the success of, so they, they like took a lot of long shots on the development of Awakening that paid off greatly because it's since become an incredibly successful series for nintendo that they've developed a lot and worked on a lot it's become their lead strategy series absolutely yeah, I don't even know what advanced wars is anymore <laughs> oh god do you think that has any not to get us derailed but do you think that has anything to do with smash brothers like all those characters being in the I smash brothers games and yeah. like yeah oh we know who these people are now cause... absolutely uh because I, I remember yeah when uh, marth and roy were included in melee like that was kind of just like a sakurai like he wanted to put them in yeah and, everyone uh, else like i was like who the hell are these guys you know didn't even bot there because there were no english voice actors so like it was just the japanese voice actors in melee yeah um but yeah so uh uh for three houses the uh setup of the story is that you are a teacher at uh, a a monastery that is teaching the heads of the future heads of three kingdoms who are currently at peace when you find them uh there is the blue lions the black eagles and the golden deer households and it is set up in kind of a Harry Potter way where you're teaching a bunch of young kids and there are these competing houses and they all have different activities that they participate throughout the day. Um, and the Fire Emblem core mechanic of the strategy battles happen basically once a month. 
Okay. And so for the first half of the game, uh, you choose a house, you are the teacher of that house, and you are uh, teaching the students of that house, and you can allocate different time uh, to teaching them in a specific skill, like say one student will you can teach them that they will get better at their axe skill or their uh, lance skill and it's a it's kind of a way that you can manage what would naturally happen through combat which was a mechanic that was uh, in all of the fire emblem games the more you would use a weapon in a combat you would gain higher skill in that now you've kind of abstracted that to in a teaching setting and there are other activities as well that you can increase your teaching level and you increase your morale. There's a lot of it seems complicated. I was gonna say, how JRPG are we talking here? Like, <laughs> are we stacking on the stats pretty heavily? Or there are a, a ton of mechanics, but the way that they introduce them is a very manageable way because they, at the very beginning, they only you only have access to a few, and then as you gain more levels, you have more access to a greater a variety of them, and um, the where so there is a time skip that happens in the game which is the mark between the first half and the second half of the game and uh this was included in all the promotional materials like like not time traveling no which is also a a fire emblem mechanic that has been included (laughs) in the past yes but you're just moving ahead in time correct yes it is there is just a a five-year gap period that happens between part one and part two okay and part one is when you are in this very nice, like, oh, look at all of these, like, three ha- kingdoms living together in peace, and then... More peace? Yes. <laughs> Just an excessive amount of peace happens in <laughs> the second half. No more weapons. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so a thing that I really like about this game is that... Uh, so there was a an earlier installment in the series, Fire Emblem Fates which followed two uh, titles. There was like kind of like a Pokemon Red and Blue. Right. There was a Fire Emblem Fates uh, Conquest and a Fire Emblem Fates Birthright. These are 3DS, right? Correct. Yeah. Cool. And those games, uh, you, uh, depending on which title you had, you, it, like this, you were seeing one half of a story, and you were following... Uh, there are characters that you would fight in one title that, you would, that would be your team in the other. Um, and that's kind of in included in a self-contained way in three houses where the first half of the game, I believe from what I understand is like, depending on which house you choose, you are just seeing one side of, uh, uh, like, uh, simultaneous story that is happening. So the, the events that happen in the first half are happening concurrently for the other two houses, but you're just seeing one side of it. And then once the time skip happens, that's when the three paths converge completely and whatever house you are, uh, you joined at the beginning of the game is the story that you're following to completion. Uh, I know that there is there are mechanics for like a new game plus that you can carry over some, uh, skills or, uh, some growth mechanics that get into the really nitty gritty things that I'm very excited for in my concurrent or later playthroughs. But, uh, for the time being, like it's, it's very, I I've just reached the time skip and I am very glad that 
uh, the mechanics that I have learned in the first half will be persisting throughout the second half of the game, uh, which was something that I've actually not seen. I think people were trying to keep spoilers to a minimum, like, and to that degree, weren't even describing things that happened in the second half of the game. So when I was playing through the first half, I was really confused on what was going to happen after the time skip. I was wondering, like, like what is... I how there wasn't a, a map that previous games have had where you would go to one location and engage in a new battle. Like yeah. it was always like it would something that would happen at the end of the uh, month in three houses. And that's, uh, it seems like that's going to continue throughout the rest of the game, even though it's not going to be a, uh, from what I can tell a limited calendar, but it could be, um, but it's very, it, I I've really enjoyed the uh time that i've spent with it so far and i think that they've really done a good job of taking my favorite parts from basically every fire emblem installment since awakening i think they've like really refined the best parts from uh like uh uh fates and echoes with the 3d which was a little odd in echoes but i think they've really distilled it in a good way yeah, it looks pretty cool. Like, I remember when I, they first started showing this game off, like, it looks it looks a little sparse, I guess. Like, I don't know, it just looks a little lacking in, like, some of the design aspects. Like, the school, when they were showing some cutscenes, like, this looks pretty barren. Like, there's not, it doesn't feel, like, alive or something where, like, if I want to get immersed in that. But this was, like, I think this was, like, when they first announced the game, too. I don't think this was, like, final build or anything. But uh, But, yeah, I don't know. It was something that, like... I, these Fire Emblem games do look like they sometimes, or they do in general, have like, you know, just being a turn-based strategy game, have a little bit of a slower pace to them. Um, and then this school aspect of the game kind of scared me off a little bit because it's like in my head, I'm like, am I going to be playing like a tutorial essentially the whole time? Like just going through these, you know, little cutscenes or these little, again, I don't, I don't know how it's framed, but yeah, and, you know, and- that was a, definitely a concern of mine, but it seems like you know, you're, you're plowing through and, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I I definitely, uh, I've put 50 hours into the game so far. Uh, that is a light amount (laughs) for me. (laughs) Really? I mean, that that is is just to get to the halfway point of the game. I mean, that's crazy. I've, I've heard 80 hours as the general, like, uh, frame for most people to beat the game. Uh, and 50 hours was, uh, me speeding through to try to get to the time skip <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, I, I know I was, uh, reaching out to you guys earlier that I like had to fight against my min maxing, like, uh, <laughs> predilections of, I need to make sure that every character has every class unlocked for every skill that they can learn. Yeah, and, you don't want to close off any avenues. And I did, uh, unfortunately, uh, leave one uh, classmate behind before the time skip. I wasn't able to get Byleth, the main character, <laughs> trained enough Uh-oh. in heavy armor. Just start a new game. I <laughs> just <laughs> redo that first bit. 50 hours. <laughs> that is how Fire Emblem works sometimes. Yeah. Oh, but that that is actually a great thing uh, that they added to this game that wasn't in any previous Fire Emblem games is uh, the Divine Pulse mechanic, which a thing that if you were playing the classic mode, uh, which they've added since, I believe, Awakening, yeah. which was before that just how all Fire Emblem games worked, 
where if a character died, they were gone for good and that unit was lost. Um, And uh, if you were like me uh, and you lost a character, you basically turned the game off and started the game. Save scum. Like (laughs) started over just and redid the battle until you could figure out exactly what you needed to do to make sure that the way that you leveled your characters up to that point was sufficient enough to beat the game or beat that particular map. And uh, the divine pulse is a wonderful mechanic for me, which uh, allows you to uh, rewind the map. Uh, So if a character and it's, there's no limit to how far back you can rewind. Uh, So if you're uh, I, in the very first uh, battle, following the time skip uh i think if uh if i have interpreted this correctly i think they keep the classes that you had for your characters pre-time skip for post-time skip and some of them i had just put into some pretty bad classes just because i wasn't using them in the particular map before the time skip and a couple of them were introduced into the first battle in a really bad position and like i tried advancing them with the rest of the uh, team and it just didn't end up very well with them so i was able to like halfway through the battle just use a divine pulse and rewind and just make sure that they were in a much better position by the time that like I was able to get reinforcements for the battle. Nice. And it was just a really nice way of not having to just what I previously would do is just turn off the game uh-huh. and restart the battle. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah, it's and even, such even, a nice... even if it's just even if you didn't have to like to actually reset the game itself, you know, even if they did have a quick way to restart the battle, that's still tedious to like go through the motions like, yeah. hey, I already know the first half of this battle. Like I have it down almost memorized. Yeah. Know? So, like, it is nice to know that they just have, like, okay, I, like, you can kind of just, again, just self-impose the challenge on yourself. If you really do want to say, hey, I'm I'm not going to use the Divine Pulse. I'm going to let myself get from, I'm going to beat the whole map without using that. You know, you can impose that challenge on yourself if you want. So, and even if, I like, like that. even if it's just, like, a mistake, like, you can, like, it when you pull it up, like, you just hold ZL and then you have a line by line of what every single move was. That's awesome. And you, if you just like accidentally move a character badly, like you can just undo that one move and nice. then go back. So it's like a flow chart almost. That like, yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge deal. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have any more to add to Fire Emblem, John, or? Uh, I've just been fishing a lot. <laughs> More fishing. Dragon More. Quest. Fire Emblem. Just fishing. How many fish are in this game? Ooh. More than uh, 40? There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's probably around 40. <laughs> I just feel like 40 was what you said ish for Dragon Quest. So. Yeah. No, but there's, a, there's a lot of mechanics in the game that I'm very grateful that, like, they're all very well explained. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, always always down for some turn-based strategy. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, well, 
Why don't we go from one uh, kind of AAA Nintendo published? I guess this is more like a double A Nintendo published title. But uh, both Randall and I, more so myself, uh, have been playing uh, some Sushi Striker this week. Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido, to That's be correct. specific. Yep. Um, and this was a game that was originally developed for the 3DS. Um, and then came out, I think at the same time on the switch and the 3ds, but I know it started life as a, you know, in development as a 3ds game. Yep. Um, and definitely kind of, you know, you can, you can definitely feel it in the controls, uh, on the switch. I've been where I've been playing it. You can play it with either I've been playing with the pro controller or the joy cons, and you can just kind of use the joystick and, and the face buttons, but you definitely are kind of intended to play this game with touchscreen controls. Yeah. It's kind of curious um, to hear how you played it. Yeah, and I, I'm curious as well on your end because I know you were playing on the 3DS, so I'm assuming you were whipping out the style. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, for, for me, like dragging my finger along the Switch screen at like a real fast, frantic pace, like it's just not, I, I would really need to invest in probably having some kind of stylus, but I don't want to yeah. smudge and scratch up my screen, so I'd want to get something nice. Right. So uh, so I just kind of defaulted to playing on the TV. Um, but, you know, uh, again, you know what? It's I, I call it a triple A and, and this is probably in all honesty probably where this game kind of missed the mark a little bit is uh when it came out, at least on Switch, it was a fifty dollar game. Yeah. Uh, I think it was forty bucks on the on the three DS. Yep. And by the time I snagged it, I think I grabbed it for about twenty bucks. And Same. for twenty bucks, <laughs> I feel like I'm having a great time. But but I think the fact that this was kinda almost pitched as like a hey this is like you know you got your you got your mario odyssey you got your breath of the wild now you got your sushi striker this is our new you know next experience and it definitely fell a little flat in that regard i think so this this game just seems like it came and went and and that was it um which is kind of a shame because i'm having a really good time in the in the presentation you know love it or hate it but it's it's very um I've brought this up before as well, but like a lot of these newer Nintendo games like Splatoon and um, even Smash Brothers a little bit have a very like Sega vibe to like the menus and the music and the the just overall presentation. And I think that this game is yet another one of those Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, just has a really uh, a very heavy Japanese influence in the especially in like the there's just like full blown like anime oh, cutscenes. Yeah. Um, that are, you know, fully animated, fully voiced and everything. And then there are little like pre-battle sequences that are more just like dialogues between characters, um, but that are that are like partially voice acted in those senses, which is actually pretty nice because you can just kind of breeze through the dialogue and you're just getting your character Musashi, which you can pick either. Uh, I don't know if it if your character has the same name either way, but uh, you can pick either a female or male character. Yeah. Um, uh, which is kind of interesting with all the voice acting. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. I yeah. didn't even think about that. I would have to. I almost want to check out the uh, female character just to see how if it's just fully voiced, what the differences are. But right. Um. But it is nice, you know. Like you know, your character will just stay like as you're breezing through these conversations that can get a tiny bit wordy. Um. But that you know, your character will just be like, "Come on," or. Oh really? And you just kind you just kind of get the tone of the conversation without if you're not invested, and you can skip these cutscenes at the push of a button. Any of them, yeah. whether it's the anime stuff or the just kind of dialogue stuff. That's a big but factor in the game, though. I wouldn't like if you're gonna play this. I think that's especially the anime cutscenes are are something that you would want to watch. It's big yeah, part of the it's, experience and what they it, spent money on. Yeah, and it's really well done. Like, I really like the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it... It definitely sounds like the same actor who ever did Ash Ketchum yeah. on the TV show. I don't know if it is, but it, it definitely sounds like it. Definitely. Um, 
But it, it and it has that same like era of like Pokemon vibes, and there's even Pokemon vibes in the game, you know. So you you collect these sushi sprite characters um, as you progress through the story campaign, which I've, apparently I've played maybe 25 battles um, against like through this story campaign, and I'm yeah. still in area one. Oh jeez. Um, and it's I'm in chapter three, but it still says like area one on the map, and like it like zoomed out recently. I just got to like this kind of hub area that is now now I can play like online battles, or I can play you know you can play a versus like one on one versus mode um, online, and you can do some other stuff. There is no cross play unfortunately between Switch and 3DS. I was checking that out because I was like maybe me and you can uh, squeeze in a round or two. Right. But uh, but essentially you know you're you got these three or four conveyor belts. There's three conveyor belts and then like a shared fourth conveyor belt lane that are like essentially they're like these plates of sushi that are just zipping across and uh they all have different colors you know green blue red and some of the colors are more powerful some are less and you're just kind of highlighting those and and connecting them like you essentially like once you either tap on one if you're playing touchscreen i presume or click on it with a once you highlight it with the cursor Right. Um, you're essentially trying to like drag and connect as many like adjacent or sometimes I, I don't fully understand. You can like jump over lanes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fully I grasp that when that works and when it doesn't because sometimes it seems like it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, but still, you're just trying to rack up these combos and stack up. You're just eating sushi as fast as you can, stacking up the empty plates in front of you and then throwing those plates at your enemy. And then you, with these sushi sprites that I mentioned, they all have different, not only combos of like what sushi is, you you have three that you take into battle with you, and they will not only determine what sushi is on each of those conveyor belts, which John pointed out to me as I was just like kind of showing him the game real quick, but uh, they also each have like an ability, so like the three that I have, the one is like, a, I think it's called like Sweets Paradise or something, so every time I click that, and then I can just like hammer on the A button and all the sushi plates just turn into health uh, pickups okay or i uh have one that's just like uh, sushi shield and i just activate that and for a timer it's like you know lessens the damage i take and then i have another one that turns all the plates into like these yellow like golden plates i don't think they're right. super powerful the same but it'll turn whatever, that whole yeah. row all the same color and i can just link essentially everything in one swoop which has definitely saved me in like the okay i'm, I'm just like i'm on the fence and i just get that last like death blow uh, to the enemy and it's it's pretty cool it's it's really really fast paced yeah um like very frantic at all times it, it does get a little tedious i will say c- controlling with the uh with an actual controller like you're because it's so fast and because the way when you're connecting plates everything's really fluid yeah like you're just kind of like holding down a and then dragging the the joystick and pointing it in the direction that you the general direction of where you want to go and there's like a big arrow pointing off like it's couldn't be any more clear of like what you're trying to do you know yeah but uh i do find that like i don't know it, it just feels like when you're trying to jet like it's so fluid when you're connecting the plates it feels like when you're selecting plates it's kind of clunky because you have to like just one at a time like move it over like click to the left click to the left click to the left yeah i feel like it's, that you know what i mean rough it's a little reason you you get in the groove with it, but it took me a little getting used to for sure. But right. it, but it is it is it definitely works on the controller. I I definitely I remember checking out the demo when it first came out and being like I don't know. And again at that fifty dollar price tag, I was right. just like yeah I don't know. But uh, you know like you mentioned, I think a lot of that money and resources probably went into all this voice acting and the whole presentation oh, of yeah. the package. 
But uh, but yeah, you know, you're going along the way. You got your, you know, your rival, your Gary. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're just trying to take down, you know, the, the premise of the game is that sushi is basically just outlawed everywhere. And there's these two factions that are like your your parents were both killed in the sushi wars. <laughs> and uh, you are just all about like liberating sushi and giving it to everyone while this like regime is all about keeping sushi to themselves and uh yeah a little too real for being uh you know <laughs> a very very fabricated story here hits hits home a little bit but uh but yeah but i'm i'm having a lot of fun playing this game i definitely didn't expect to have such a beefy story experience here yeah uh, even though i had heard that but i mean like i said i'm still in area 1 and i've already fought about 25 battles so i'm excited to see what more this game has to offer and I don't know what kind of community there is of people actually playing this game online, but cool that there is like online play and local uh, two player battles. Actually, I take that back. I don't know if there's local battles, but I know you can do online battles for sure. Normally, Nintendo's um, pretty good with that local multiplayer stuff. That'd be surprising if it didn't in some capacity. Yeah, I would. I would be surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, for a game that's perfect for it, you know, it, it is, you know. It takes a little getting used to, but I mean, or a little little learning curve, and especially when you're getting into the story mode with all these sushi sprites and all these different abilities. But yeah, but I think you know once you once you have the core concepts down, it's a pretty fast paced game that you can kind of just start cruising through some levels and and the the you know you get all the there's different challenges like beat the win this battle in ninety seconds or less. Oh, that's you know three three stars you can earn on every level. Um, you I've also got this like black belt. Uh, token that I can activate that gives me half health, but 1.5 times the experience on everything, Ooh. and you're leveling up. Your sushi sprites are leveling up, um, and yeah, getting new plates of sushi. You also like as you eat. If once you eat enough of any given type of sushi, like once I've eaten enough salmon, then that salmon I can activate as my favorite sushi, which then gives me another ability power up. Like all these oh, different cool. kinds of buffs and power ups and and stuff going on. So it really. You know, like I said, there's it, it does get a little tedious going through some of the cutscenes, even though I, I have been enjoying them. And the it's just like a really bright, cheerful, fun game and world to be in. Um, but it is nice to just be able to kind of breeze through those now that I know the mechanics and just start digging into the just playing the puzzle battles, you know. Nice. So, yeah, I would I would really be curious to play this with someone like once I get good enough at it and play it with somebody else who's playing at a higher level. Um, not not saying that I'm at any kind of high level by any means, but just in the sense of like, I'd be curious to even just watch other high level players play this game, I guess, is what right. I'm getting at. Yeah, those just the like, things you just explained are much higher level mechanics than I think I've really seen so far in my very early time on the 3DS version that has me very intrigued to play a bit more of it because I think I'm still on the very early side of the the learning curve of this game, too. And um just early on it feels decent using the stylus on 3ds with the touch screen. i was just gonna ask yeah yeah that that part feels pretty good um but the battles so far and maybe it's just because i'm not used to what i'm seeing but it feels a little bit mindless as far as like connecting some of the sushi stuff when you're like jumping over a certain conveyor track or whatever else I'm, i can't quite figure out some of those things of of how things are happening and or how i'm able to connect things um yeah but I, I think that's something that you seems like you develop an eye for over time and that stuff just kind of flows. Um, and it's it's OK if it's a little bit mindless. I, I 
kind of don't mind that sometimes as a change of pace. Yeah, I would I would say it definitely leans more action than puzzler. You know, it feels like a fighting game more than it feels like uh more than it feels like a puzzle game. That's cool. You know, you're, you're, That's fine. But yeah, it definitely, yeah, just something a little bit different. And, and, uh, you know, you're stacking these plates and, and it just, it feels really satisfying. Like even, even when you land like the killing blow on one of these, you don't kill them, but what, you know, when you knock them out or whatever, you land like the winning blow, yeah. you know, you did like the, like, there goes my reputation <laughs> or just stupid stuff like that. But it's, it just like, I don't know. It just, it knows how hammy it is and like just kind of goes all in on it. And I'm kind of along for the ride. It's very Saturday morning anime. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 And I was I was specifically spent a lot of uh, my Friday and Saturday morning playing this. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely recommend it again, especially now that you can probably snag it for a little bit cheaper of a price on uh, either platform. I I would say personally, I I definitely recommend this game and, and and am excited to play some more. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, why don't we talk about a couple of other, uh, since I took the lead on that, mostly Randall, but why don't we talk about a couple of other uh, NES games that are available on the Nintendo Switch via the uh, NES online service? Yeah. So these games just got released uh, in the last couple of weeks, I would say. Uh, yeah, in August. Yeah. Yeah. And just in general, uh, the NES Switch stuff is pretty getting pretty fleshed out at this point. There's quite a few titles there, and a lot of the heavy hitters are now available uh, to the point where now some of the stuff they're releasing is a little bit more obscure, uh, which I'm definitely into. Um, right. The first game I want to talk about is Kung Fu Heroes, which I feel like I'm the only person that's ever played this game. Like I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've only played it with you and yeah, then I checking it out again it for this. Point. Yeah, it, it was probably another one of those games where like, uh, we need to play something two player to see if we can beat it. Uh, what do we have left? Oh, we have this Kung Fu Heroes. <laughs> I used to play this with my cousin when I was six or whatever. Let's let's see how far we can get. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely picked up this game from a Funko Land back in the day. If anybody <laughs> remembers Funko. Oh, Land. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff that rest in peace funko land better version how of the mighty stuff. have fallen i know they had retro stuff and new stuff side by side that was great yeah it was awesome and better prices and they'd let you try out the game there but anyway oh uh, i didn't know that that's great it was awesome i miss it i still have one of the <laughs> the, the sleeves from from that for one of my nes games but anyway nice uh kung fu heroes uh from 89 uh developed by culture brain and like this and like the super ninja boy series are, are the games that they're most well known for i'll say which that's not saying much um but it's it's kind of like a quasi top-down uh, I don't know, like action game, but you can still can scroll side to side, but it's a single screen. Each level's like a single screen where the main goal is to defeat enough enemies where the door up at the top opens up and makes uh, kind of an abrasive noise <laughs> over and over again until you get <laughs> to the door and go inside and go to the next level and, and kind of uh, rinse and repeat for the most part. Um, but besides the enemies that you're killing, there's, uh, these kind of blocks, uh, that are arranged randomly on the stage that you want to punch, uh, because they'll release either money bags, um, that can turn into one-ups or, um, they'll give you these 
different letter bubbles like E or P, which is pretty obscure and obtuse. Like the game does not do a good job explaining uh, what these things are that you're collecting. Um, but a lot of times uh, you'll collect them to get one ups. That's kind of the primary thing. Uh, or you'll find like a key that will uh, create a set of stairs that look like um, it's like the same sprite as a set of stairs in like the original Legend of Zelda. So then you go down that uh, it opens up a bonus stage where you're collecting apples or something else that's just points for more one ups. And you will need those one ups because this game is hard. Um, <laughs> it gets really, really hard fairly quickly. I would say there's 32 levels. I've probably only seen the first third of this game ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I played just a little bit when yeah. you mentioned you were checking it out. And then, yeah, I got my ass handed. Oh, to yeah. Me within like two levels i think oh yeah yeah and it's it's kind of a wonky game that the hit detection's definitely weird very weird uh it's something you get used to over time i'll say but uh that's not uh, a feather in its cap yeah i was getting used to it as i played but yeah i was i was definitely as i was playing it i was definitely kind of thinking in the back of my head like this probably would would hit home a lot harder if i had some nostalgic memories of this game you know i i don't know that it's one that as someone who didn't play it growing up, you know, it, it didn't grab me as like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to play more of this. You know, I, I it was cool to check out, but I d- didn't see it as something like, man, I want to see what more of this game has to offer. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's more than fair. And even for me, the nostalgia goggles uh, are not doing so much to <laughs> <laughs> hold this one up in high esteem over time. I'll say it's to me, this game is is like a. I, I kind of put it in the same realm as like a battle toads in that it's so hard. I'm only going to play the first few levels and I'm going to be fine with that. And then I'm going to leave. Like that's my experience with this game. It's not the full game. It's just those first few levels or whatever. And like battle toads, it's better with two players. I'll say. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like co-op, this is be almost more like, you know, it's, it's not the same setup, but it kind of reminded me of like Bomberman almost yep. like in the same kind of like that isometric. That's a good comparison for the viewpoint of it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not much else other than the viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sound effects are a little rough, but the music's pretty decent. Uh, there's there's some of those songs where like when I was playing it again on Switch, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't mind these tracks. Everything kind of has like a. Uh, like an old school Chinese theme. And apparently that's what this game was originally based on. It was like a Chinese hero uh, arcade game. Uh, So they they ported it home back in the day, but that's probably enough said about Kung Fu heroes. (laughs) (laughs) You can play it for free if you have the the $20 Nintendo switch online. Yeah. And uh, I guess just to roll right into another one that actually also came out uh, last month in August uh, was a vice project doom which uh, as someone I know Randall and I have talked about a little bit on the podcast before, but like we were both at a point in time and still a little bit, but I, I haven't bought a like cartridge, like retro game in quite a while. Yeah. But I mean, I've got a pretty extensive retro collection and definitely like, you know, explored and, and really dug deep to try to find like not just, you know, everybody knows Mario 3 is good and, right. and Battletoads. Everybody knows these games. Uh, but like we were trying to find like the, the games that were coming in, like right a cut below that, you know, like everybody, like they're good. Maybe they're lacking a little polish or lacking something, but they're still cool games, you know? Yeah. Um, and this one just kind of flew totally past me. I'd never had heard of it until, and even when I saw like the cover art, like 
hey, this is these are the two games of the month. I was like, really? Okay, well, I guess I have no interest in that. And uh, I'm glad that I ended up booting it up because I was kind of like I saw you were playing something. I was like, well, I'll I'll play something on here and kind of poke around and see what else is available. And I was like, well, I've never even heard of this game. I should at least see what it is. And I mean, it's kind of all over the place. You start off the yeah. first levels like a, a top down, like racing level, but you also can shoot out of your car. So it almost plays like a shmup. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's very shmuppy and it's pretty yeah. decent too. If it, no, it feels great. It's yeah. like the sense of speed is really great. And then uh, after you finish that level, which is pretty quick, you kind of just jump right into a, a pretty traditional uh, 2D side scrolling platformer. Yeah. Uh, action platformer. Not too far off from like Ninja Gaiden yep. or Castlevania. I would say those are like probably the two closest touch points to like the way the game feels and like the knockback you get from taking hits and stuff yep maybe like a little hint of Mega Man um one of the things that's cool back to the driving you can like switch gears like between one two and three and back down so you can like go faster and slower and then I didn't even mess with that I I I did it accidentally a couple times like why am I going so fast all of a sudden (laughs) and like one of one of the buttons was just changing gears yeah and uh and so now when you get to the platforming levels you also have the same kind of icons, but they're not gears, but you have like this regular weapon that's not like a whip. It's more like a, a baton or some kind of like there's some kind of bow of some kind, um, not yeah. a bow and arrow, but there's some kind of like staff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can also switch to like a gun that you also have to like a handgun that you have to collect ammo for, um, which drops pretty readily by killing enemies or. You can collect grenades of I don't know if they're grenades, whatever they are, but they yeah. seem to some kind of like explosive bomb thing that you also collect by killing enemies. And uh, I'm on like the fifth or sixth level, and it definitely has veered more towards like it's most of the levels have been platforming from this point forward. Right. But uh, I have had like one level that was like a gallery shooter, Ooh. like more like wild guns or some of the stuff on like Super Scope or some of that like Super Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Um, more of that kind of presentation. That was only one level, but that was really cool. It was like really well done for an NES game. Really like, uh, seemed like there was a lot going on, you know, it was really like fast paced. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and this, uh, I mean, it, this originally came out in 91 on NES, which is pretty late for that. Yeah. System. It's a, yeah, that's a, and you can tell it shows, you know, yeah. it's like everything, like even just little stuff, like when you're, when you're, when you do like a duck, you can also run and duck at the same time. So you're actually like running and like kind of hunched over. You can run under projectiles. Yeah. So yeah, the f- just the fact that this game has like the unlimited continues and, and that you can unlo- you can open up that suspend menu at any point and you can kind of load your save states. You know, I'm able oh, to yeah. basically just pick up this game and play whenever instead of just having to leave my NES, you know, overheating in my bedroom <laughs> yeah. all night so that me and my brother can beat Mario 3, you know. <laughs> it's like I we can actually just play through some of these games. Uh, and another thing that we maybe, just to touch on real quick since we're talking about the NES stuff, but it's really cool that some of these tougher games, like, will add, this game is not one of those, um, but like Zelda, for example, like you can boot up the original Zelda or you can boot up a version where you start with, like, everything. Like, the SP fully leveled version, up. yeah. Yeah, and they have a lot of, like... You know, not just for Mario and Zelda. Actually, I don't think for any of the Mario games, but like a lot like Gradius or yep. some of these games, that you just like it'll just be like you just start on the last level. You get to see the final boss battle. If you just hey, I never got this. I never beat this game when I was a kid. I want to yep. see what how the end looks like, you know, what the end game looks like. So just kind of cool. Some of these features that they're going above and beyond to, you know, make these special versions of the games, add in the two player online co-op that oh, you yeah. can do. 
Um, one thing that I just noticed as well, I was really, uh, this always bothered me because, you know, when you play on Super Nintendo, I really like to use the Y and B buttons for running and jumping. Right. Just that like diagonal layout, uh, which I guess is diagonal in the other way as well. But they always use the B and A, which on NES makes sense when they're just straight across right. one another. Yep. But on that angle, at least for me, it, it I never liked how that felt. I know you like those dog bone NES controllers, DJ. I do, but uh, it just never felt good to me. But uh, but you can use uh, either A and B when you're playing these NES games, or A and X. So mm-hmm. you can still use that same button layout just on a, two different buttons. But it, it immediately felt better to me nice. playing all these games, uh, and made a huge difference. I pretty much didn't touch these NES games because of that feature, unless it was something like Zelda that was like cut and dry like you're either hitting a or you're hitting b you're using an item or you're using your sword but if it needed to be something where i was like finessing the buttons and stuff i just i didn't play them i couldn't play mario you know right and that really bummed me out so now that i know i can i'm excited to dig deeper into this library you know there's stuff like star tropics and uh, another just kind of underrated gem uh on the nes so there's a ton of cool stuff on there and and they add you know it seems like two games every month so you should get around to playing that Star Tropics sequel, Zoda's Revenge. Oh, yeah. Is that on there already, too? I don't think it is yet, but well, I do need to play that. You own regardless. it. <laughs> I own it in cartridge form. Yeah, I need to play some Zoda. And DJ sure. needs to get back to playing Metroid. Oh, geez, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Although at this point, well, you'd probably rather play Zero Mission than the original NES one. No, he needs to play through all of them. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We won't start throwing Metroid shade just yet, but maybe we'll bring uh, yeah, John Yeah, not while back. I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I'll defend Metroid as well. Don't worry. No, I, I like Metroid too, but we'll bring, we'll bring John back you to... You like uh, Metroid 2? <laughs> yeah, only Game Boy. Only Game Boy games. Um, but yeah, I think we can pretty much leave it there this week. Uh I know we're always a little bit Nintendo heavy, but we definitely leaned a little extra Nintendo yeah. heavy this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, we did. Um, but, uh, yeah. I played uh, Kingdom New Lands on my PS4. <laughs> oh, Thank you, you very much. There you go. There we go. There we go. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a, a little more variety for y'all next week. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it there and we'll catch you next week. Thanks again for joining us for uh, a second episode in a row, John. No problem. And uh, we're always happy to have you. And. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Until next time, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Their games are pretty at the very least. Yeah, I really want to play Pyre, and I really want them to bring that to the Switch. Isn't that the more, like, sports-based type of deal? Yeah, it's, like, almost like a basketball. I want that bad. I think they wanted it to be, yeah, it's NBA 2K. Uh, <laughs> <Fire>. <laughs> Give it to, put it in my bloodstream right now. <laughs>